Hello and welcome to episode 24 of For Art's Sake and Our History and Museum podcast. I'm your host, Rhea. So it's March and March is Women's History Month. So I am going to be having episodes dedicated to women in art, women related to museums. You'll see not all the episodes for the month are going to be focused primarily on women artists or um other related topics, if you will, just like with February. Um, but you are going to definitely see that. Before I jump into the main topic, I just want to briefly discuss what's going on in my life. Um, so the, the reason why this episode is late is because I was sick this week. I had a fever, chills, blah, blah, blah. Um, I missed work and then I had work and I was working kind of late and all the stuff and I was really tired. So I was giving myself the time. And then when I went to record, I was really struggling. And then one of the reasons why I was struggling is I'm just frankly really stressed out because today, literally, I'm about to leave for work. Like there was five minutes until I left for work. Um, I found out that my fiance's grandmother tested positive for COVID for a second time. Now, yeah, it was not the antibodies. It was an actual COVID test. It was not like, oh, there's COVID within your body. It was like, you know, you have COVID, but they don't know if it's a variant or not. Um... Regardless, I am under quarantine for 10 days, so I'm not really happy about it. I'm really frustrated and upset. So I've been trying to work on this podcast for several hours now. I have scrapped the original thing that I was doing. I scrapped that script. I'm going to save it for later, hopefully work on it a little bit more. I'm just very frustrated with myself. So we're going to be doing a kind of quick episode today because I am going through it, y'all. I cannot catch a break. Like I, I had a good like month. February, end of January to February, we were, do- we were doing well. You know, had some, you know, work tiredness, but everything was fine. So, so we're just going to get through this. So March, Women's History Month, let's talk about the National Museum of Women in the Art. Arts, not the art, in arts, um, which includes visual arts as well as literary arts and even music and other performance art or performances. You know what I'm saying. So the National Museum of Women in the Arts describes itself as the only major museum in the world solely dedicated to championing women through the arts. They also describe, you know, on their website, With its collections, exhibitions, programs, and online content, the museum seeks to inspire dynamic exchanges about art and ideas. NMWA advocates for better representation of women artists and serves as a vital center for thought leadership, community engagement, and social change. The museum addresses the gender imbalance in the presentation of art by bringing to light important women artists of the past while promoting great women artists working today. And that's a perfect way of talking about their museum, of course. So, the National Museum of Women in Arts was officially incorporated November 1981 as a nonprofit private museum. Um, it was started by Wilhelmina um, Holiday, Holiday and her husband Wallace, um, who are art collectors or started as art collectors. They had been visiting Europe and they had collected a, they had bought a um, Flemish Still Life by the artist Clara Peters, which is a 17th century work. Um, I'm not sure exactly which painting 
they bought specifically. But basically, they went to try and find information on her and that there was no reference to her. Um, and there's barely any other references to women artists. And it was, they noticed quite a pattern. Um, and if you know anything about women in art history, I mean, just history in general, it's not great. So they began to collect more work of art by women with the purpose to create a museum and research center that expressively, uh, and that's not necessarily caters, but is showing women artists and collecting women artists. They first opened in April 1987, and the exhibit that they had was the American Women Artists, 1830-1930. They had also commissioned a um, Pulitzer Prize winning composer, Ellen Taff Zwilch, to write a concerto, which is concerto for two pianos and orchestra, which was inspired by five paintings from the permanent collection. Um, And they had an opening concert, you know, to go with the opening of the museum, which is pretty interesting. The, when the museum first opened, um, they had two galleries, a shop and, um, oh no, sorry. (laughs) Let me reward that. When the museum had a renovation called the Elizabeth A. Casser wing, um, they added two new galleries, a museum shop and a reception room. Oof. Um, they are definitely a small museum. They are a private museum. So there is an, a low admission fee, which is, I think, one of the lowest admission fees in the D.C. area. Um, and they are, of course, located in Washington, D.C. because I don't seem to talk about any other museum anywhere else. The building itself is in a 1908 Masonic temple, which is in a... Um, revival style um it was and still is a landmark in dc um you may have even seen it if you visited dc even if you're not from the area it's just like this cute kind of building um kind of like yellow and white with these cute little windows um and it is in a historical building but they did add after renovations a marble stairway that links the first floor and the mezzanine and um, it's a very notable stairway. I know a lot of people have done like photo shoots there and it's a really, really gorgeous space. It almost doesn't look like a museum at times. Um, my father has done events there. So he's very familiar with the building and just how pretty it is. So briefly, I guess I will talk about Wilhelmina Holiday. Um, she had started collecting art in the 1970s. And she was really inspired by art historians starting to talk about the underrepresentation of art by women, as well as Black people and Jewish people, etc. Um, just marginalized people in general. Um, she's notable for her approach to collecting, um, and this deliberate approach to collecting. Um, she also wrote some papers about underrepresentation. Um, When they first opened the museum, the collection was primarily her collection. 
the exact mission state statement of the museum is the national museum of women in the arts brings recognition to the achievements of women artists of all periods and nationalities by exhibiting, preserving, acquiring and researching art by women and by teaching the public about their accomplishments. So not only do they have a museum with art exhibitions and not only do they hold public events to teach, um, you know, they have performances and stuff like that. They also have a research library. The Betty Boyd Detry Library and Research Center is a place for um, students, curators, museum professionals, the public, researchers, etc. to find information about women visual artists from all sorts of time periods and nationalities. They currently have more than 18,500 volumes of books and exhibition catalogs, eight more than 18,000 files on individual women artists and 50 periodical titles. Um, this includes ephemeral materials such as articles, reproductions, and resumes. They also have um, 500 videos, audio tapes, and other audiovisual materials, um, which includes interviews and documentaries and films directed by women. Um, there's also the, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, the Nellike Nix and Marianne Huber collection, the Frida Kahlo Papers, which consists of 360 unpublished letters, notes, and um, prints related to Frida Kahlo's life and work. And then finally, they launch Clara, the database of women artists, which is a searchable interface for biographical information of about 18,000 historic and contemporary women artists from all around the world. Um, Currently, it's um, in the process of being moved, so I'm not sure when it's going to be back up. I know that having seen behind the scenes of that, it can take quite a while to get a database, like, revamped and moved. But it was still super amazing that they had it to begin with. So let's talk a little bit about the actual collection that they have. Um, Currently, they have more than 4,500 paintings, works of paper, decorative art, and sculptures by a ton, I think over a thousand women artists, including highly notable artists. Let's dive into that a little bit, shall we? Currently on view, they have Sonia Clark, Tatter, Bristle, and Mend, which is an exhibition um, of the textile artist Sonia Clark and her 25-year career, and it's actually the first survey of her art, um, which includes, as they describe the artist's well-known mixed-media sculptures that address race, invisibility, explore blackness, and redress history, They, which is um, March 3rd to May 31st of this year. They also have Mary Ellen Mark, Girlhood. Um, they describe this exhibition exhibition presents approximately 30 images photographer Mary Ellen Mark made throughout her career depicting girls and young women. The images are drawn from an exceptional recent donation of more than 160 photographs by the artist given by the members of Photography Buyers Syndicate. That is ongoing March 3rd to July 11th of this year. Then we have Julie Chen, True to Life. 
uh, renowned book artist Julie Chen combines highly complex cultures and poetic reflections to create ambitious artist books that raise questions about time, memory, and human survival. This exhibition will include a selection of the California-based artist's captivating works throughout her 33rd 33-year career, which I actually have seen her works, and it's really cool. Um, this is going from October 12th, 2020 to June 30th, 2021. Um, there's Reclamation, Recipes, Remedies, and Rituals. Um, they say, this innovative exhibit event, exhibition examines food as a creative medium for visual art and a connective tool for exploring integrational and intercultural experiences. Sounds really awesome. Then they have their ongoing selections from the collection um currently um you know they have it up from august 1st 2020 to august 8th 2021 and i guess after august 8th they're gonna put different works out there um we're gonna talk about their main collection in a moment then they have um their ongoing project which just ended may of this year the new york avenue sculpture project they have um Mexico City-based artist Betsabe Romero, um, who is on this current chapter of their project. And it says, to create her four sculptures developed expressly for this installation, Romero assembled carved and painted tires into um, totemic sculptures that speak to the themes of human migration and the natural environment. So one of the interesting things that the museum has are these things called see for yourself cards, which are these kind of collectible, not really collectible, but you can print them out. These cards that show a work of art, um, and kind of describe, um, an art, this artwork. Um, so there's just a variety here, like Alice Bailey, there's, um, Sarah Bernhardt, Linda Benglis, there's Shakaya Booker, Louise Bourgeois, I'm just scrolling down here, um, Mary Cassatt, I wonder why, um, they have Sonia Clark, who was, I referenced in, um, the exhibits that they have going on right now, I'm just, like, looking through, oh, Elaine de Kooning, um, there's just a variety. It's from the 16th century to now, basically. So you get so much different art. Um, Honor Freeman. Anna Gaskell. Oh, there's also different kind of collections, if you will. There is this collection of 18th century botanical print, which is um, really, really pretty. There's also a collection of work by British and Irish silversmiths from the 17th to 19th century. And there's also a large collection of limited edition artist books, which is like really cool. Like if you know anything about artist books, they're very, very expensive. So I'm just looking through, they got Gorilla Girls, um, Ellen Day Hale. Ooh, that's a pretty, oh yes. Ava Hess, y'all know. All right, I love Ava Hess so much. Andrea Higgins. I'm just like looking through their cards here. There, you can download them. There's so many. There's like 96 of them. Georgia Mills Jessa, Valerie Jordan. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know. Um, there's photography. There's painting. Um, oh Lee Krasner. Oh, I love Lee Krasner. 
love Lee Krasner. Nikki S. Lee, that's a photographer. Oh, Judy Leister. I was trying to talk to about her to Agnes Martin. Ooh, that's like some bugs. Um, Joan Mitchell. So you have like really known people. Alice Neal. Um, I know there's Frida Kahlo. I, I think I already said Louise Bourgeois. Faith Ring, Ringgold. Clara Peters. Julie Roberts. Wow. They have like a lot of... Dang, I have not visited this museum yet. I had meant to in 2020. I'm a Woodsy Thomas. <laughs> I'm like very excited. Um, do you ever just like look at a museum and like get really, really excited? Because that's me. Oh, Ann Truitt. Oh, I love Ann Truitt. Love Ann Truitt. Um, God, I need to go to a museum. They are open. Kara Walker. They are open. Um they're open 10 to 5 and there is a small admission fee um i'm just like not super okay with visiting museums during the pandemic especially right now i'm under quarantine so like, i really want to visit a museum but yeah so there's not really any like super i would say like oh the most notable works of art they have like a lot of work of art i think it's more notable by artists because they have like frida Kahlo, uh, mary cassatt um who are you know just very 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 famous works of art, um, Madame Lebrun, um, and they have pretty large collections of their work. Finally, the museum has a pretty great social media presence, I think. Um, I think they're one of the major influencers in regards to a specific March thing, which is, can you name five women artists? They're not the only ones I post about it or anything, and I'm not even sure if they like invented the hashtag or the trend or whatever you want to call it. But I learned it from them. I know a lot of other people learned it from them and repost their stuff. But basically every March, which is when it's Women's History Month, they ask you essentially as a challenge, can you name five women artists? Um, and then specifically from there, can you name five black women artists? Can you name five like South American women artists? Can you name five trans women artists? Can, you know, you get it. Um, and it gets, you know, more specific because obviously there are intersection, intersectional identities and experiences and different types of marginalized people. is isn't just women, of course, because in, when, we, when we talk about museums in particular and art history, of course, when we talk about women, in that conversation of women and assess, accessibility of art in school and making a living as well, as the space that is created for women artists, of course, it is going to be by, you know, white women are going to have an easier time and a more, you know, accepting time. Um, not only are they going to be accepted more easily, but they are going to often push prejudice, push racism on, you know, use their privilege and power on further marginalized women. Um, and of course, you know, the same thing is said, about straight women, etc., that further marginalized people have a much more difficult time in the art world and museum world, which is always, always worth mentioning. It's highly important that we don't disregard that. So not only do we have to put an emphasis, put a light on women and art in general, but to face the further marginalization of all women, that it can't be just thin white women who 
we're rich and stuff that we do need to make space for, you know, black women in art and fat women in art, gay women, etc. That all makes sense. Y'all are not new to this podcast, right? I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that maybe you learned something. I know that um, this isn't like the most famous museums because when you talk about Washington, D.C. museums, you're primarily thinking about, you know, the Smithsonian's and that's okay. There's other types of museums. And I know that there's controversy about why does this museum exist? It's divisive. Well, clearly we still need this museum. And when we don't need this museum, this museum will no longer exist. It's as simple as that. They've talked about it. You get it. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know that it was quick, to the point, simple. I'm just going through it. So I hope you understand. However, um, next episode, I might have something very special or it's going to be the episode after that, depending on our scheduling, what we decide to do. But we are going to do an episode in the month of March that is going to be my first discussion-based episode where it's not going to be just me. My fiance is going to bring more of his expertise to the table and he's going to be talking about video games as art and we're going to have like this kind of collaborative discussion-based episode so I'm really looking forward to that so get this uh, excited it might not be next week we're trying to do it for next week but I am giving some um, wiggle room considering just how life is so yeah I hope that you're doing okay that you're having a good week and I'll talk to you in the next one Again, this has been For Art's Sake, an art history and museum podcast, and I've been your host, Rhea. Bye.